Hello, this is Andrew Allen from Cast Iron Theatre, and this is Cast Iron Shorts, a collection of short stories where we take the words you suggest and form them into a brand new story, written, edited, and sent back out to you within the hour. This week, the words you have sent in for us are Daybreak, Campaign, Profile, Chronicle, and Green. Those words are Daybreak, Campaign, Profile, Chronicle and Green. And this week's short story comes from me, Andrew Adam, and the story is Pretty Strange Year. They're going to close the school. Ellie shook her head. No, they're not. She thought about saying something else, but she couldn't think of anything. So she simply repeated herself. No, they're not. Lizzie nodded enthusiastically, completely unable to keep her excitement in check. No, they are. Today's the last day. Ellie shook her head again, not so much to argue, but because she couldn't comprehend what she was being told. But they wouldn't just close our school. If they were going to close our school, they'd close all the schools. Lizzie's head nodded so fast it was almost a blur. That's what I'm telling you. They're going to close all the schools. Mrs Bleacher confirmed it at afternoon registration and didn't even seem to mind when the class erupted into cheering for the next three minutes, not even when Luke Fleming took advantage and stood on a table screaming, get in, get in, while whipping his tie around like a 1950s cowboy using a lasso. Ellie smiled and clapped along with everyone else, but her heart wasn't really in it. It wasn't as if she totally loved school. She wasn't one of the kids taking 50 GSSEs and already having conversations with scary-sounding universities although she did have friends in that gang, and she wasn't one of the kids who occasionally got taken to Fort Park on the understanding that they'd get through an entire half-term without throwing a chair through the window, although she had friends in that gang too, and in that case they really were a gang. Ellie was one of those pupils, her dad, who used to be a teacher but was now happy, called the Invisible Kids, children who didn't call the fuss but were probably also never going to make the school's league table look good and just passed through school unnoticed their grades completely normal and boring and average. Ellie's dad had never called her an invisible kid, it was just a term he'd used a couple of times and Ellie felt that it very well described her. She was okay at English and maths came to her so easily she actually felt slightly embarrassed by it, so much so that she occasionally got the answers deliberately wrong when her friends were struggling. But as for everything else, she just had no interest, no excitement. She had no real interest or skill in art, but she loved the teacher, or at least her way of looking at life, which boiled down to finding the thing that you really loved and filling your life with it. She and Ellie had come to an agreement, mostly unspoken but totally understood. Ellie was never going to enjoy art, so Mrs Duncan wasn't going to force it, as long as she did the bare minimum to get through her GCSEs. She said she'd much rather Ellie spent her time pouring her energy into something she actually found worthwhile. And she found it. It took her a while because she spent a long time trying to find a hobby, or a task, or a piece of history. She did like history, to really research in depth. It wasn't as if she was listless. Lizzie had asked her once quite earnestly if she was depressed and the question honestly confused her. She liked her music, but not to play it or to sing. She liked her films and books, but not to act or write. It took her a while to realise the thing she was looking for wasn't on the outside at all. When she first decided that she wanted to go for head girl, Lizzie had tried to strike down the idea. You know what sort of girls go for head girl? They pretty quickly realised that neither of them knew what sort of girls went for head girl. And when the minimum amount of research revealed that the last three head girls had been basically sensible, high-achieving, and also relatively well-liked girls, 
Lizzie had to concede that all actually made pretty good sense. Ellie had started her campaign early, long before the whole process would have begun properly. She had started by contacting the last three head girls personally, not the current one. Ellie didn't want anyone in school to know about her plans too early. They were easy enough to find as they all had a Facebook profile and Ellie had found that they already had mutual friends. One of them was at college and the other two were at uni, which was a bit daunting, but all of them were helpful and encouraging. Sophie, the one who was at college and so able to meet her in person for a coffee, was particularly friendly. Ellie didn't really like coffee, but it seemed that meeting people and drinking coffee in front of them was a thing that people did. Sophie claimed to remember Ellie from school, which she couldn't quite believe, but didn't feel inclined to argue. What all three ex-head girls agreed on was that while they all felt they deserved getting the gig, only Sophie called it getting the gig, but Ellie liked the phrase, they were all reasonably certain that the voting was fixed by the staff in some way. Sophie said that Arabella Lackey, in her year, had lots of friends that had all promised to vote for her, and that she had said she was going to find a way to let the school provide alcohol for the school prom. Obviously, that would have been illegal, but, as Sophie said, it didn't matter if you promised something that was impossible. If the public loved the sound of it, they'd love you. What all three head girls had warned her about was that she would have no real power, that she would not be able to change anything. It takes the whole term for them to test if they should open the canteen the different years at different times, warned Priesh in an email from her university. So nobody bothers to vote for things they're not going to see the benefit of. It was Priesh's email that clarified for Ellie what she would be promising. And within two weeks, she was able to write out an article for the student newspaper, The Chronicle, setting out her manifesto. She declared right from the off that she wasn't going to do anything about school uniform, or homework, or burgers in the canteen, because none of that was going to change. According to her big brother, lots of movies in the 90s were advertised with what he said were called teaser posters, and that was what gave her the idea. She and Lizzie spent a few weeks asking to photograph other students' shoes and then putting the pictures up as posters. Most of them got ripped down or had graffiti scrawled on them. This was secondary school after all. But they were weird enough and confusing enough to draw attention. When the campaign actually started, the posters were made to look a bit more professional with a border and chunky green lettering that said, put yourself in their shoes. And that was basically the campaign that Ellie stood on, trying to hear the voices of all the kids who didn't normally get a word in. The bullied kids, the ones who were under a lot of exam pressure, the ones who hadn't quite worked out who they were yet. Basically, all the things that school got in the way of. Because Ellie had worked out that being head girl actually had nothing to do with school, but more to do with what you were trying to cope with when school was the only mountain you could see, when your life was an endless night and there was no sign of daybreak. Mr Doyle stopped her in the corridor to wish her luck and said that he was pleased to see a politician standing on a ticket of empathy. When Ellie had protested that she wasn't a politician and she didn't really know what empathy meant, Mr Doyle smiled and told her she was wrong on both points. But now it's all going to go wrong. The speeches had been last week and the voting had been due to happen on Monday, but now they weren't going to be in school at all on Monday. She had been under no impression that she was guaranteed a win. Francesca Cookman had promised no uniforms for Year 11s and milkshakes in the canteen and that had got a lot of interest. But it was frustrating to get so close just to have it all taken away at the last minute. As Ellie and Lizzie walked home, they tried not to think about the rumours they'd heard that they may not be allowed to meet up in the next three weeks, or perhaps even longer. You're not really upset, are you? Lizzie asked. Never thought you actually cared about being head girl. And that much was true. It's not that. I don't care about that. I just like the idea of being able to help people. Lizzie looked round. They had come to a stop at the corner, where she would go one way and Ellie the other. There were a lot less people out than there would normally be at this time. I think people are going to need a lot of help over the next few weeks, she said. 
He always said that being head girl had nothing to do with being at school. Ellie nodded, slowly. Lizzie had a point. She wasn't quite sure what the point was, but she was certain that she would do soon enough. Okay then, she said at last. I'll be in touch. Lizzie smiled. Anything I can do to help, let me know. Definitely. And because they still could, they hugged.